Hello, New Zealand Today fans. It's Guy Williams here. I am on tour going all around Australia and most of, no, I say most of New Zealand, only Auckland and Wellington at the moment, but more places in New Zealand to come. So um, if you're in Auckland, Wellington, anywhere in Australia, basically, I'm going to everywhere. Go to one of my social medias or guywilliams.co.nz or something and um, book tickets now because uh, it won't be as good as New Zealand today, but it might be all right. Um, I love you all. Enjoy the podcast. The New Zealand Today podcast was made with the support of New Zealand on air and also the, this microphone. Cheers, microphone. G'day, Guy Williams uh, here again. We're at um, New Zealand Today Studios. I call it studios, it's two rooms. We're hard at work editing season four of the show, which is hopefully coming out in 2024. I'm excited because I think it's going to be easily the best series we've ever done. This season is going to be um, pretty out there and yeah, we've met some more pretty incredible Kiwis, so I'm really excited to share that with you. Um, but before I get there, we're going to continue doing this um, podcast and uh what happened is as you know me and matt sometimes get a bit out of control we sat down to do a 10 to 15 minute intro and uh, we ended up recording for an hour listening in depth to uh, matt's story to korea i personally loved it so i think it's worth broadcasting has a little bit of insight about like the inner workings of jono and ben i don't know it's kind of entertaining so i thought we'd put this out there and um you know have a laugh but there's no real story here it's just me and matt talking about the time he went to korea <laughs> Um, enjoy. All right, Matthew Cook. Guy Williams. How are you enjoying being on the podcast? Yeah, I don't mind it. What episode is this? Not sure. It's hard to keep track of how many we've done. <laughs> when you're that deep in the gold mine, it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel to get out. It is. What, wait, what, yeah, how many have we done? What number is this? I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, it's like when you make art that is timeless, yeah. you can't put a number on it. Like, you can't put a digit. Like, just, you can't yeah. quantify. As a content creator, director. Don't call yourself a content creator. Producer. <laughs> content creator. Editor so myself. I'm just aware of my character development over the series. Yeah. And because we're just recording this willy nilly. <laughs> this is not willy nilly. This is well thought I'm not through. sure where I am in my character arc. Well, I prefer to. Uh, where I don't think this is Willie. No, this is Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge. Hodgepodge creation. But like, um, can I say that I take offence to the term content creator? Do you mm. like that? It really annoys me no, when I people hate say it. content. It's cringe. It, it, I really hated when I worked in radio. I hated people would call themselves broadcasters. Mm. And I, I don't want to start a debate here. And I always annoy people like this. I think Paul Henry is a comedian. I think mm. JJ Harvey or JJ Feeney, sorry, is a comedian. Jason Gunn is a comedian. Yep. If you're on the air and you're broadcasting and you're not doing factual content, you're like a journalist. Right. You can be a straight presenter, I guess. But like most of these people, if you're giving, I guess you could be opinion. So leader. you're saying a broadcaster is someone who doesn't create content. They literally just read the facts. Yeah, I don't like the term broadcaster. It's just way too broad. It's like, yeah, technically you are a broadcaster, <laughs> but you've got to go more. You've got to specify. So, like a talking head or a loudmouth or a yeah, you can be a talking head because political comedian for me is also comedian. a bit of a stretch. Calling anyone a comedian on radio or TV, 
is a disservice to proper comedians. Well, my, no, but no, but this, I don't think it is. I think in New Zealand we have a cultural cringe, and people are so afraid of putting their head above right, the yeah. clouds and going, "I'm a comedian." Yeah. And there was so much backlash against New Zealand comedians for so many years. No, but they are real that I comedians. Think it's cowardly. But but Paul Henry is a real comedian. Did he start as a broadcaster though, and was just funny? If he's a talkback opinion host, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. it gets that point, a eh? like. You, you're a broadcaster who services the channel or the show, the program. Yeah. Until enough of your personality becomes valuable. Yeah. And then you become the personality, the comedian. Yeah, a personality. Okay. But here's what I think, and this is what I think is interesting, is that I grew up loving Jon Stewart, and he was the hero. Mm. And The Devil and The Daily Show. The, the, the Devil was Fox News and Bill O'Reilly, who ironically, Jon Stewart, not ironically, who intentionally Jon Stewart pitted himself against, would often quote... And they would also often appear on each other's shows and actually do debates and stuff. Yeah. And that's when I realized, and I used to think that was awesome and I was rooting for the good guy and stuff like that. But now I worry that comedians are like just the left-wing version of right-wing talking heads. Yeah. Just entertainers. Because that's yeah. what Bill O'Reilly does. He, uh, Or like, okay, what's a more recent example? Um, Tucker Carlson or in New Zealand, Mike Hosking. They present the news but they present it in a way through filtered through their own brain yeah. which is like highly biased but like in New Zealand we still kind of think of that as kind of journalism which it's clearly yeah. not it's opinion <clears throat> yeah. but comedians do the exact same thing they take a story they're very fast and loose with the facts mm. and then they make it into a joke which is funny and good but it is often misleading and now and it used to be a good thing because we were like George Carlin um, you know uh, Bill Hicks you know, saying fuck you to the man mm. and fighting, you know, Richard Pryor fighting racism and stuff like that. Mm. But now there's a lot of comedians, there's this weird like Joe Rogan bubble of like yeah. misinformation kind of men's rights dudes. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, people just want entertainment, right? Yeah. They want everything delivered in an entertaining way. Yeah. Fuck the facts. And that makes me worry about this show, New Zealand Today, because... Well, people think we're the news. <laughs> that's really worrying. This <laughs> it is, is. This is a true story, and this is going to sound like I'm bullshitting. I'm not. This is how fucked up it is. And heaps of people hit me up all the time and go, say to me, I'm your, their favourite journalist. Patrick Gower, the well-known New Zealand journalist, who does... He, hey, he blends... He's moving into opinion now. He blends yep. um, journalism and opinion. But he is a proper journo, and that's his background, but he now presents as well and stuff like that. He told me um, one time that his kid's sports coach, he was giving him a ride home, and his kid's sports coach um, said that I was his favourite journalist. And Paddy was like pissed because he's like, not that he doesn't like me, but he's just like, um, it's ridiculous that people think, like the level of media literacy yeah. that they, they don't realise that New Zealand today is not but journalism. How do, you, how do you decide? That's the thing, like you can't anymore. Who's the authority? On journalism. Yeah. Well, that's, there's always been that blurred lines. Like, journalism yeah. traditionally is owned by the wealthy and so favours the like the elite. Yeah. Because that's who owns them. Like, Jeff Bezos owns yeah. the Washington Post. The rich family owns the New York but Times. But at least back in the day, before creator... What is this? What do they call this? The creator content era. Can you stop talking about content and creator content? <laughs> well, that's yeah. where we're at. Yeah. Cre oh, creator... Being a content creator is a diss. I hate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cool. it's because the gates are open. Yeah. Everyone can do it. So yeah. everyone does do it. So this, we're just flooded with facts. or Sorry, we're flooded with opinions Yeah. Um, that are hard to, to separate from facts. Who are those, um, that grandparent who said they don't trust the news anymore? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were doing the, um, a parade for the world's largest potato and a guy came along and said, oh, I really like your show. But my grandparents, um, they watched your show and got it. 
and thought it was the news and now they don't trust the news anymore and think the world is going to hell. <laughs> and that's really sad as well because I like to think New Zealand today makes the world look brighter. I thought through comedy was showing that the sense of humour is so important in the, it was um, Tim Shadbolt. I was driving him home one day from a John and Ben shoot and he said, the world is a horrible place, you have to laugh otherwise you'd cry. Mm. And, um, and I, I kind of held on to that and I was like, yeah, it's nice to put the world sometimes through a comedy lens and I generally thought New Zealand Today does that. It can, it can sometimes take slightly difficult issues. Nor, I mean, normally we're dealing with pictorial yeah. issues. But yeah. just to have a laugh about the everyday absurdity of life is fun. Yeah, it is. And it's just a humanity, we can laugh. That's the like one of the things we have in common. Mm. So if you can share a laugh with someone, that's a gateway into the way they're thinking. And if you can do that, then it's a, a step in understanding you and them understanding no way. That was good. It's, you it's were so <laughs> close. I was like, yeah. I was, I was like nodding my head, and I was like, he's got it. He's nailing it. Here he goes. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. If you can share a laugh with someone, it's the first step in, uh, into understanding them, and a first step for them understanding you. Yeah. And once you, t- I think the world struggles at the moment because we're so intent on isolate, isolating each other, or yeah. like burying our heads in the sand and, yeah. and not wanting to be uncomfortable. Yeah, by having your thoughts challenged or your beliefs challenged, but yeah, we have to. We have to have these conversations. No, <laughs> I was just organising New Zealand Today shoot today, and this is what the um, free speech legends say. And the com- this is what my mum's like, and she's like, and the conversation I want to have is uh, about trans people. Why are they doing it? You know, like what's going on? You know, like it, it yeah. always ends up bad. I but get what you're saying. You've got to. Those people, anti-trans yeah. or anti-whatever fuckers. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Talk about it. Yeah. But. Talking is also listening. Yeah, that's, yes. That's the step they forget. Yes. Yeah, that, I, both ways. I said that at my um, brother's engagement party. So funny, man. How many anti-trans are there? Oh, no, my mum, man. My mum uh-huh. is so good. And my mum's fine, and I don't think she hates trans people or anything like that, but she's very confused by it. Yeah. And well, there's it, a lot of she confusing thinks about it a opinions. lot. Yeah. She thinks she thinks about it a lot. And the, here's the thing. It's like, unless you're going to spend the time to actually learn about it, yeah. you don't know shit. And I, I admit that I don't know shit, and like I know a little bit, but like you got to yeah. defer... With anything, like with with science, with um, comedy, with music, it does help to defer to the experts. You don't have to take their word as gospel, but it just helps yeah. to listen to what they have to say. But with my mum, she's pulled up this old, and you know this will be travelling around boomer email chains or something like that. <laughs> it's a Monty Python thing. And Monty Python, for me, is like the gold standard of comedy. They made comedy in the 1970s that is probably some of the best sketches the English language has ever recorded and best movies in terms of comedy. And they didn't really age badly. There's a few jokes that maybe are a little bit anti-trans. They do a lot of like men dressing up as women and like kind of mock them. You know, they use terms like female impersonator and stuff like that, mm. which isn't great. But like largely they're okay. There's not too much. I could be wrong, but there's not too much homophobia or racism. You know, like considering for stuff, you watch other stuff from the 1970s and it's just horrific. Yeah. I, I, I joked on, in my show this year about um, watching Eddie Murphy and he literally, my partner, I knowing she's not going to like it and going to time how long it took for her to be upset. And he literally <laughs> came out and said hello and then the F, the F word <laughs> in his intro or something along, you F words better not be checking out my... And it, I didn't realise that in the context I actually found out later that it wasn't as bad as it sounded. It was that... He became a gay icon after his... Well, this is what I oh, read. Okay. He became a gay icon after his first special because he wore a tight leather right. suit. So he was a, uh, almost like an ally, like he was re- Lady Gaga. Definitely not an ally. Yeah. Definitely not an ally, but like yeah. he was definitely referencing it in a kind of loving kind of way. Yeah. And you know that he right. would Right, to his fans, move. yeah. Interesting about Eddie Murphy is that in the 90s, 
he had a very funny because I was like Eddie Murphy's had very few scandals. Eddie Murphy, um, really crazy, and I mean this is me going down a Google rabbit hole. Can I say I love Eddie Murphy? He's like you know Beverly Hills Cop. He's a comedian that I admire. He's one of the greatest stand-ups and like you know the first like rock star kind of comedian. There's a lot of good things about Eddie Murphy, but like this was really kind of this doesn't paint him in a good light. Kind of humorous, very sad. In the 1990s. He was caught picking up a trans sex worker from a well-known red light district in Los Angeles. And the next day, it was a scandal. They got pulled over by police. And he said he was just giving uh, the, the person a ride home. Hmm. And the, that was clearly not the case. You How don't, do you know? Well, you, you don't pick up someone who's working on the street as a sex worker and just give them a ride home. You know, like that's like the lamest excuse ever. And then yeah, I don't know. Okay, she gets in the car, or maybe she's like, "Oh my god, it's Eddie Murphy," and then he's like, "Oh fuck." Okay, I gotta get out of here. It was also. <laughs> Do you want to ride home? <laughs> and don't tell anyone I was down here. You it know was also it was three a.m. and when Eddie Murphy was asked, this is the bit that I thought was comedy. <laughs> when Eddie Murphy was asked what he was doing cruising a well-known sex worker area at three a.m., he said, "My family is away, and I just wanted to pop out to get some reading materials." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 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 what a terrible excuse. Reading but, material. But I just loved um, the video the next day because he was shooting like a Disney film or something at the time. But he does a press conference with the people and he just like finishes it so... Ch- they, they ask him softball question, softball question. There's so many media around. There's like 100 of them. Mm. And he's just like, he smiles and he just goes, I'll tell you what, that's the last time I try and do a good favor for someone. Everyone cracks up. He's like, I'll see you guys later. <laughs> and it seemed, it seemed sad to me because Eddie Murphy, you know, has been kind of labeled with, I don't know. I don't know. It was just like, I don't know. If, if he was someone who potentially solicited trans prostitutes, he could have done a lot of good. Maybe he wouldn't. Maybe it was the end of his career. Oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But where it's really sad is that that person who he picked up, um, that woman, she died in an incredibly tragic way a few years later. And I'm not saying it has anything to do with Eddie Murphy, but it was just in like... What, what way? The whole story was so tragic. Allegedly, according to the police report, trying to climb in back into the third floor of their apartment building and falling. Whose apartment building? Their own apartment building. Oh, okay. But it seemed like a... Someone's pushed them. Yeah, they'd been dropped out of an apartment building or something like that. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Look, look this is... I, look... Aren't I turning in to the exact person I was just criticizing? I'm supposed to be a comedian and I'm verging into just wild speculation on things I yeah. know nothing about. But anyway, do some more um, amateur sleuthing on that. It's a sad story. It's an interesting story. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad, though. It was very sad that someone died. Oh, yeah, like, no, what, but what the, Eddie Murphy the, the Eddie Murphy stuff. Well, uh, there was a lot of trans hate on that person who passed, the victim. Yeah. And Eddie Murphy maybe could have done more. I think Eddie Murphy. Reading between the lines, oh, I'm, I'm in back and wild speculation. Could have done more, but I understand you got to protect your career and stuff like that. But like, feel like maybe really left the person out to dry, which is what people did back in the was day. Was that person ever? Was were they identified? Were they? Yeah, on the news and yeah, that was the other thing is they went through the ringer for being were a they trans sex they, worker. Did they gain I would anything s- from it? I'm not sure. Magazine, but like the like point was they were dragged through the mud. Like it was very sad life as 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 the life for any um, trans sex worker yeah. probably in the 90s would be a pretty hard way to make it's, a living. I mean, it sucks, because the, the problem here is the media and the consumption of media, right? Mm. We love a juicy story, mm. and we don't care about how it's been gained. Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's the consumer's problem. But really. isn't that a problem with New Zealand today as well? We, we jump on juicy stories as well. We do. But I always think or try to think that we 
aim for the humanity. Yeah. The the hook is the reason we go or mm. I don't know, the reason the viewers will watch. Yeah. I, th- I like to think we offer something a little bit more honest and funny. Yeah, hopefully. You know, I've had my dream list of people. Karen from Stokes Valley was always yep. right up the top. Tony Veach's wellness retreat in Bali, <laughs> always high up there. Still on the list. What are some others, Matt? Oh, the, um, the, you always had a high, you always had aspired for the, um, the unruly tourists. They're oh, pretty yeah, funny. The British, the, the British tourists that came and just tore up New Zealand for like a month. How good would it be to get them though? Oh, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Armageddon pisser. Is what I want to get. The guy who, um, for people who don't know, there was a couple weird. A couple, no, what, what was it? What? There was a contest on stage at Armageddon. It was, the no, it was Expo. a Kamehameha. Kamehameha. So it was a Dragon Ball Z contest. Everyone on stage had to do their best Kamehameha, which is Goku's signature move. It's a big energy beam. Very cool. Look it up. Kamehameha. <laughs> Kamehameha. Surely you've seen Dragon Ball Z. No. So good. Never watched it. I um, always hated the clips. I saw. I hated it when really? I saw it on TV after school. Yeah. I'll be like, oh, fuck. Um, Zane's going to play a Kamehameha clip right now. Yeah. Kamehameha! Give, give us an impersonation of it. Like, this is comedy. We're going to be comedians. Okay. <clears throat> Who do you want it from? There's multiple characters <laughs> that do it. Tell, tell me the options of who I can get it from. Well, there's Goku. Yeah. Sal. Yeah. Gohan. Wow. Is it like Dark Goku or something like that? Like, does Goku go to a secret Fire Goku? Uh, there's Goku Black. Yeah. I see. I got. I, no, look, that, who knows about Dragon Ball Z that's now? New, that's new Dragon Ball bullshit. Oh. Why? You know, like, is, what, is Goku you, Black a diverse character? And um, no, he's, he's just. And you're like, it's bullshit, man. He wears black clothes. Fucking, they ruin Ghostbusters when they put those chicks in it, bro. No, Goku Black is very much a white guy still. They did ruin. Um, I must say, as a very woke person, um, and I was entirely supportive. I'm doing an all female, uh, but it wasn't the fact there was chicks in it that ruined Ghostbusters. It was just the fact they had a bad script. I think. Yeah. Do you like the new one, the new new Ghostbusters film? I haven't seen it. I actually quite like it. I'll go check it out. So it's about the dude with the glasses in the original. It's his granddaughter, I believe. She becomes a Ghostbuster. That's cool. So it's chicks again. A chick with dudes. Bunch of dudes. Yeah. More more tolerable. Best. I don't find Paul Rudd that appealing. I'm not. Sh- I'm never like really that taken by actors. He seems very nice. He's in a million good films. I interviewed him once. He was incredibly nice. Yeah. Love and so good looking. Is he? And he's in a lot of good movies. So I'll give him that. Like he pops up in a lot of things. We're like, oh, yeah, he's in Clueless and Is stuff. Is he like good that. looking? Like I think he's decent. He's very good looking, mate. Yeah. You don't know what we look like. I can see you. <laughs> you can see me. How do I look compared to look like like Paul Rudd? I look like dog shit. Yeah. Okay. You, Matt can't even look me in the eyes. Look me in the eyes <laughs> and tell so me I'm beautiful. Yeah, you're saying it's a relativity thing. So because Paul yeah. Rudd's universe. Is with beautiful people. Yeah, true, true. He true, therefore true. looks compared ugly. to the women who yeah. are in Clueless. He's yeah. I, nah, okay, I, think I, did he's the, I did the same thing with Ryan Reynolds. He looks fine on TV, like he's a normal dude. Yeah. Sim in real life. You're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. And what a um, what a shock to the ego. Just destroys your self esteem, eh? That people can look that good, and be that nice. Yeah. Um, and you're just there battling away. Ryan Reynolds is also loved as a comedian. And I'm yeah. so jealous of him because I fucking hate Deadpool. And I'm like... Yeah, I do. A credit- oh, it's the yeah. worst movie that's ever been. I, uh, a comedian I like, Sam Campbell, had a good uh, had a good gag where he'd always joke where um, 
his favorite comedian was Deadpool. And I found it so funny. <laughs> it's like a red flag. It's like when people are too into Deadpool, it's a real yeah. red flag. Oh, same with the Joker with movie. With the Joker, yeah. Ugh. I was about to say that. It's like, fine, watch it. Fine, enjoy it. Fine, Batman, cool. You can't make it your whole personality. You gotta. Yeah. It's a real red flag, guys. But um, are you a big fan of Deadpool? Um, no, I'm in, I would say I'm in a similar boat to the Joker. I like it. It's fine. I liked all the chat about it being made and his struggle. He's like, it's his dream to make it uh, made into a film and the journey he took to get there, but uh, a fandom can ruin yeah. anything. Oh, we're just talking about Rick and Morty today. Yeah. I love Rick and Morty, one of my favorite all-time comedies, Yeah, but like, I can't say that in public. I can't no. wear a Rick and Morty t-shirt. It's a very cringe thing to be associated with Yeah, because it's like, it's, it's incels. It is, Incels yeah. ruin all the good shit for us. Yeah. But um, um, where'd you meet Ron Reynolds? Deadpool 2 Junket in South Korea. <laughs> Um, I've got a great question for you, Matt. What the fuck were you doing there? <laughs> so this is when we were on John and Ben. Yeah. And John and Ben, those crazy bastards, were up to one of their stunts and they'd locked themselves in a cinema yes. playing the Deadpool 2 trailer on repeat. Yeah. And they wouldn't come out unless Deadpool or Brian Reynolds would say it was okay. Yeah. Um, so they put everything on social media like, hey, everybody, tag Ryan Reynolds and we'll get him. Yeah. Ryan did not get got. Um, so like 40 hours in John and Ben like fuck uh, we don't want to be in here anymore let's just send some chump over to the junket in South Korea wow yeah and I was the chump wow it was fucking sick yeah they put me up so in South Korea they have a six star hotel what and I was put up in that for three days I don't think I've even been in a five star yeah. hotel yeah well Boy. maybe there's like some weird currency exchange where six stars are worth five stars over there but it was amazing Wow. It was my best uh, hotel experience in my life. Well, can you give me some details of this? <clears throat> so I arrived and they gave me 200 US dollars to spend per day. What? On anything I want. What? <laughs> um, so You're not a prize winner, are you? This is just part of the junket. This is from the movie Yeah, company. this is just the... I got sent over, turn up, part of the junket. Was, I think it was Fox. 20th Century Fox, maybe. Fuck. Do they own it? People I don't, don't realise yeah. that like... Is this true that like... With a movie budget, it's like the, the cost of making the movie will be doubled for the cost of promoting the movie, yeah, right? I think, yeah, it's at least the same. Right? Yeah, it's very um, expensive. Eh? But sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, so you get there $200 per day. Yeah. Do you have to spend that money or can you just pocket it? No, you have to spend it there. What? Yeah, so I'm like, what am I going to do with $200? This is like a children's movie. This is yeah. like Dunstan Checksons or Richie Rich. Unbelievable. So I turn up, I'm like... US dollars. US dollars to spend in Korea. Does that include food? No, so the buffet downstairs was part of the package, package. to stay. But then if, like, room service you'd pay, yep. that'd, that'd come out of your budget. Um, so, yeah, I got, I got there. I went downstairs to the free buffet, which was fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, there's a chef on each little station. Yeah. You go around the world in 20 minutes and just get a bit from every single one. I went to the one in Langham in Auckland, and um, I went to the dessert thing, and they had these um, huge chocolate birds. Mm. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I guess those are decorations like that. But then I w walked past the table and I saw a guy eating a huge chocolate bird. <laughs> and I was like, that's amazing. But then when I went back to the dessert, because I actually got to the dessert at this stage, I was just doing a tour before, um, they had a sign they put up saying, do not eat the chocolate birds. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah, it was amazing. I know a good buffet is just like... But like next level, you know, I'm talking yeah. like not... I used yeah. to think that Valentine's was yeah. the best. Oh, ever, New Zealand, we don't... In New Zealand, it's quite a cool thing about New Zealand. And it's a shame we've got super yachts and stuff now because... 
in New Zealand it's cool we don't know what the super rich are like yeah because we don't have that like the richest yep. guy that you know will be like a guy who owns like a BMW station wagon yeah it won't be like someone who has a driver and a fucking Maybach or a Mercedes yeah. S class yeah. or some shit proper proper wealth yeah but being exposed to that and being treated like one of those people so as soon as I turn up walking in feeling completely underdressed and you know the only white guy in the room <clears throat> I walk up to the reception um, and before I even speak, the person behind the desk is like, oh, welcome, Mr. Cook. What? I was like, how the fuck did you know my name? What? Um, they had everything ready for me. They had a concierge who like, came and um, took my bags immediately and they escorted me to the bu- uh, the buffet room to eat while they were setting up some shit. Like, just to be treated like that. And then I had yeah. a person with me just all the time. I saw that in um, Los Angeles. I once... Um splashed out and stayed at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which is now prohibitively expensive and owned by the Sultan of Brunei, which is homophobic, so boycott it. But at the time, it wasn't owned by that person and it was fine and I got a good deal. Um, (laughs) And Hollywood, like at the pool, they have a restaurant and I saw the the pool, they've got, there's like a pool concierge and they have photo like that, photos of who the people are. And what their role is to like kiss their ass, like this is the head of the studio and stuff like that. Crazy. We just don't. I'm so glad we don't have that in New Zealand. It probably does exist in like some places. Like that service industry. No, but even that, it's a class system, right? It's like it's like these people are the important people. If if you go yeah. to eat at the Beverly Hills Hotel pool, yeah, no one will give a shit. They'll be like your table, and they'll just treat you like they'll yeah. treat you well, but just normal. Whereas if the head of if you get your assistant to call up and you're yeah. a big deal, they'll be like, "Well, Paul Rudd's coming through." Uh, or whatever. Yeah. What I will say though is that good service is a skill like I think yeah. there is value to it and oh, I think absolutely that's what we lack here in New Zealand oh a yeah bit. most people serving you at a cafe are 18 year olds are like hello yeah. how's it going yeah um, so just even in America like I hate tipping but on the flip side the service yeah. you get does make you feel and yeah. enjoy maybe the time better so yeah yeah I can, I can it also see, makes you yeah. think that everyone's fake and just doing it for a yes time. yeah you trust nobody yeah um, okay so two hundred dollars a day. How are you spending that? So the first day, so I just went to the. I went back to the um, room. I was like, "Fuck, how am I going to spend this money? Like, I don't just want to leave without it being spent." Yeah. So I just went straight to the menu, flicked through, found the most expensive thing, and it was like some crayfish dish, and that was only seventy five US. So I was like, "Fuck, that's not even going to get me halfway." <laughs> so I ordered that immediately. <laughs> Ate it. It was. I love how this having two hundred dollars a day US to spend has become a burden. Yeah. Well, because you don't want to... If it was your real money... Oh, yeah, I'd be keeping it. You'd be no way, yeah. It'd be rent for three weeks. Yeah, okay. Um, But knowing that you have to spend it... It's like, um, it's that question, it's like if you... People say if you had um, $8 million per day, how would you spend it? Yeah. Um, And then at the end, people go, well, you actually do have 8 million seconds a day. (laughs) So make sure you spend them. You know, it's that bullshit. So yeah, I did did that. But yeah, I had $200 for a day. It was hell. It It made my life an anxiety mess, yeah. Bought the crayfish and was like, this is going to be sick. Turns up, it's tiny. It's like half a baby crayfish. Very delicious. Yeah. So I immediately bought another one. What? So I had two. Are you doing a joke? No, so that's 150 US. What? Wait, what? What? Like, there must have been other shit to buy, though. Is this, you just were panicking and you couldn't see anything else to spend money yeah. on. Well, because everything else was just like, just but dumb meals. Surely after it, like, chips and stuff and, yeah. and burgers. Yeah. But, like, here's the thing, like... Surely explore the hotel. Like, surely they've got like a gift shop or something. You'd spend it at. Yeah, so that's what I did on the second day. Ooh. So yeah, the first day I was but like, I, I don't know, I was panicking and I didn't know. Two crayfish. You're up to 150. What are you doing with yeah. the last 50? Um, just so I went back downstairs, 
and hung out with the other media people who were there. Yeah. And it, was, it was crazy. It was kind of felt like United Nations and that kind of thing. Like I was New Zealand's representative. <laughs> <laughs> and we Is this the Deadpool 3 movie premiere two. or something? Deadpool 2. two. Oh, whatever. So I was New Zealand. Yeah. Um, there was two Australian dudes who kept to themselves and were, just looked a bit shifty. And then there was Singapore, uh, Malaysia, and... It was the Asia-Pacific region. I love yeah, when you're grouped maybe, with those. I think maybe India... So it was it was kind of like the five of us, and then also the local Korean girls who were our like minders. They were like the Fox Media people. They're also making sure you don't tweet anything negatively about the film. Maybe, but they they were really cool and they were quite happy to show us around Korea. Um, so, well, oh, so you went into the streets with them? Yeah, because it was so it was oh, it was amazing. It was like one of my favorite ever work things. Yeah. Um, so I've spent 150... Beyond going to Martin on a New Zealand Today trip for three days. Yeah. I close, mean that, close seconds. Close seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so that night, I go down. I'm like, I've got 50 US to spend. What am I going to do? Um, hang out with them. I just buy the beers at the bar. Um, and then it turns into a massive night because beer was quite cheap and the money went quite far on the beers. So we had like heaps of rounds of beers. Yeah. And everyone else had 200 as well. So we're all so just we're smashing, smashing it. it. And then... We ended up going to um, a raccoon cafe. So you know cat cafe. I can't. Yeah, I just can't even. I can't even deal with this. This is such. So you've, so you've smashed. <laughs> you smashed two lobsters. Yeah. Oh, they're small. They're like baby lobsters. Yeah, but it's still a weird thing to eat. I've eaten yeah. a lot. One lobster. In my I wasn't life. even hungry because I already had buffet food. <laughs> you know. And then you go to the beer. You go and go and just now you're drunk. Yeah. I'm guessing. Time to go pet some raccoons in a raccoon prison. Yeah, because we actually—I don't want even want to um, uh, fucking reveal this for like the like the the animal lovers. We got mm. listening to this podcast, but me and Matt, we went to Japan to stalk Sunny Bill, and we found him on the first day. We had some days to kill in Japan because we were too good at our job, <laughs> and we did one of the day. We went to Disneyland. Fucking sick. Animatronic yeah, that was, all good. that was very cool. I really enjoyed that. And story. I'll admit this is my idea, so I'll take the responsibility. We did go to an owl cafe. Which was an owl prison, and they had yeah. Ch- okay, that was fucked. The raccoon cafe was not like that. The owls were literally like chained to their post, and they yeah. could not move or fly. And it was like it, we went in there. It, and it was wasn't like, a cafe. It was a very small zoo. It was like a maze. Yeah, and you walk past and look at the ways. They, it was amazing though to be that close to an owl. Yeah, oh, oh, I remember because we had the the fluffy thing from the boom. Oh, and the one of the owls started hissing at it. The, uh, the owl hated our audio requi- equipment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was quite interesting. Okay, so the raccoon cafe, how was that better? I don't know, raccoons are cooler, I think. What is a Maybe. raccoon? I can't even imagine one in my head. It's like an American, American little, thing. little burglar rodents. Oh, yeah. yeah. Very cute. Do they, build, they don't build dams, though. Those are, what are, what are a beaver, dams? Beavers. Yeah. yeah, okay, a raccoon. Yeah. They're like little burglars. Oh, they're so cute. Oh, they're trash pandas. pandas. Yeah. Because yeah. in America, they get your trash. Yeah. Oh. And they look like pandas and burglars. They're probably like really like they spread disease or something, but they're so cute. I want to cuddle one. Did you cuddle yeah. one? Uh, no, I like patted one. Are they native or do they go get them from North America? Uh, I doubt they're native. I love how, because when you go to the zoo, at least at the zoo, they pretend to teach you something. They're like, yeah. the lion is only actually found in three countries yeah. and its natural habitat is being threatened in Zim- uh, Zimbabwe due to poachers after their economy collapsed. Yeah. But um, freaking raccoon! You went to the raccoon cafe. You learned no facts about raccoons, except no. that they're not beavers. Yeah, I touched them. So they had, <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know, like five raccoons. You molested a raccoon. No, I just like patted it because in the back of my mind, I you know I think they've got rabies quite a bit, or you know they're dodgy animals. Yeah. 
So I was a little bit like, maybe not. Yeah. Um, but when you saw the Malaysia guy, like, passion a raccoon, you're like, yeah. get in there. A little bit. Um, they also had a bulldog, which I think, like, most of the Korean locals were gushing over that. Um, they were like, fuck the raccoon. We love wow. the bulldog. Yeah. Wait. So it was called a raccoon cafe, but they just chucked a random bulldog in yeah. there just to spice things up. Yeah, I know. Up. It was like raccoon and more. And the, <laughs> okay, and so the bulldog know. was a huge part of the appeal. Yeah. Bulldogs are pretty raccoon. cool. Yeah, I'm sure they are, mate. Yeah. But it's it's just weird just to go like, oh, there's a raccoon cafe. Also, there's a random bulldog there. So you don't go to McDonald's and they're like, oh, we sell the McDonald's menu and we also have a lobster. You know, like, it's mm. just weird. It is, yeah, it's it, was, it was weird. It was, I mean, it was a strange night. It, the raccoon cafe cost like the last like $20 yeah. you had or whatever. How many days are you there for? Three. Three. So you got another two days of $200. So I've already nailed the first day. <laughs> and that was, a half, that was a half day. I would say that was not a good allocation of funds. But that's a panic. like The shit, second lobster was a fuck up. Yeah, I don't know. It was kind of like, fuck, how do I get rid of it? Also, you're, you're, um, you're wasting time when you could be seeing like with Seoul. Yeah, but I, I didn't know that I could leave. Like I didn't know what the rules, rules were. were. You thought and you were trapped there in a, in a yeah, gilded basically. cage. Until the media people were like, hey guys, we're going to... Go for dinner. I was like, sick. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't spend all my money on a, a third lobster. Because <laughs> I was eyeing up that third lobster. Day yeah. two, how are you spending it? Well, day two, I had to meet Ryan Reynolds. And that was stressful as fuck. So I had to go purchase a Wi-Fi transceiver that I had to wear. What? Well, because the Wi-Fi in the hotel wasn't great. What? Yeah. This is a five-star, ho- yeah. six-star hotel. And yeah. they have good Wi-Fi. Yeah. But this is, it's good this to was hear 2018. That. It was so recent. No, but it's like... I had ultra-fast broadband. No, I had fibre. It was pre-COVID. In Auckland. So, like, the Wi-Fi wasn't as good as it needed to be. You know, like, now, Mate, Wi-Fi is New Zealand today, I've been to fucking... Where have we been? I've been to fucking Tokoroa, New yeah. Zealand, yeah. where the Burger King doesn't even look like it's <laughs> franchised to the... I don't think the Burger King... I don't think the Burger yeah, King Corporation okay. knows that Tokoroa Burger King exists. Do you use the BK Wi-Fi? You'll probably just connect it on your phone. I'm just saying that the motel we stayed at at Tokoroa, the internet was good. Yeah, and you could do a Ryan Reynolds interview or a live stream back to John and Ben. Yeah, or see, that, the fuck that you're was doing. the problem. So I tested it all day, mm. the live stream back to John and Ben. So I had John and Ben on my laptop, and the connection kept dropping out. So Ooh. I was stressed because the only reason I was there was to, was be, to hold the laptop, to be a laptop and holder. ram Ryan Reynolds in yeah, front of them. Basically, um, so I had to quickly run out, go buy. I hired a Wi-Fi. Oh, so this wasn't even part of the plan. You were riffing this yeah, on the journey because the Wi-Fi was shit. They said, "Take this laptop and ram yeah. it in front of Ryan Reynolds." Yeah. Wow. So I did that. Got this um, Wi-Fi transceiver, which was massive. Had it in my pocket, and it was very hot all day. Could have taken it out. No, because I had to hold my laptop. Like I don't know, I didn't have many pockets. No hands. Well, did the other kids from like Malaysia and stuff bully you because you're like the loser from New Zealand? No, nah, they thought because I was the only one that wasn't a personality or like content creator. Yeah. So they kind of looked up to me. And asked me. No, they opinions. didn't. Yeah, they did. hey, look, I want to get this guy from Malaysia now. <laughs> and we looked up to the man and thought, what a wise sage. Well, because, yeah, because I'd, I'd tell them, you know, because I would direct and edit things. So they wanted my takes on their thing. You know, like, wow. every time you go to a junket, the content creators have to come up with their shtick, like their thing that keeps Ryan Reynolds, I don't know, interested. Yeah. Because he's there for 10 hours a day and people turn up and do the same shit. People don't know... On, on repeat. People don't know what a junket is, and it, it, it actually is mental. I'll just briefly tell people. I've done this similar thing, but in Sydney, for The Rock. Mm. And it's it's everything about it's batshit. Like, they hire one of the most expensive hotel rooms in Sydney overlooking the Opera House. It's this beautiful hotel. I think it's a Park Royal or Park Hyatt or some shit. Mm. It's right there overlooking the Opera House, the best room you can get in Sydney. They then put The Rock in a hotel room. They then pull curtains across that view and they get like a green screen to project an image of the Sydney Opera House (laughs) because on the day you're there, it's not sunny enough and the Opera House doesn't look good enough. 
they trans they they auto transcribe like the graphics for Hercules the movie behind him. Yeah. And then they go, guy, all right, time to do your interview. They rush you in there in the darkness. You're like blinded because then you stand in front of bright lights. Yeah. They sit you down like, here's the rock, and you've got to do four minutes of comedy. And they like, get the fuck out. And if your comedy's not good enough, yeah. or they don't, or you cross the line, they snap the cards that yeah. they put into the cameras to film the interview because they control every and element of it. And they also make you wait around four hours. So I, I, the time I've done it with, I've done the rock and a few other people I got kicked off the junket for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because I skipped the screening of the movie to go to a concert in Sydney it was fucking sick though Kanye West Yeezus tour totally worth it I do not how do they Kanye's know that you didn't go to the movie I don't know oh I think there was a sign in you had to scan yeah later though I went for Kong I went to Los Angeles for Kong versus thing and I knew that you sign in and then leave. walk into the movie theater go out the fire escape <laughs> and I went to the sickest concert I went to a um uh, do you remember band Chromio Chromio, a band I quite like. Chromio and Chance the Rapper were playing. Sick concert. Whoa. Like, this is how crazy Los Angeles. But they're like, a concert's not good enough. Mm. They had a snowboard jump show happening at the same time. So while they played music, they had a big ear snowboard competition. And like in between the acts, these guys would go down and do backflips off snowboards in Los Angeles. It's not even a cold climate. Where I don't understand the setup of the gig. They have a stage, yeah. and next to it they have a massive snowboard jump, like the biggest snowboard jump I've ever seen in my life, bigger cool. than New yeah, Zealand yeah, has, cool. in Los Angeles. So they built the snow. Yeah, and people go yeah. like, this is why the world is doomed. Yeah. It's like spending money on that, because yeah. that's what we need to attend a live gig, as opposed to spending money on helping the world. It just shows yeah. how fucked we Worth are. Worth it, though. You loved it. Yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> it was one of the greatest experiences of my life, and I'm very glad I didn't go see the movie, and I'll never see Kong versus... Godzilla, fuck that. But although, thank you for having me on the junk, Junker. It was a privilege to meet Samuel L. Jackson. He's always been a hero of mine, and it was fucking awesome. Also, I apologize <laughs> for the questions I asked to Brie Larson and... Um, John. John who? Goodman. John Goodman, yeah. It was a funny joke, though. What was it? I go, you started your career on the show Roseanne. My mum's named Roseanne. So I guess you could say we both came out of Roseanne. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good gag. Um, after that, after I said that on the Junker, they take you to a special room, and the Americans were so friendly, like... Hey, guy, we just love what you're doing, and we think it's so great. However, we just think some of the producers are saying what you're saying is kind of, we're not kind of like vibing with the humor. So if you could tone it down, and then I'd go talk to Samuel L. Jackson, and that would go good, and then they'd come back and go, hey, guy, we just got another note about your conversation. With anyway, sorry. So you're, you're in this junket room. You're nervous. They put you in this like gilded cage, Yeah, and you've got to yeah. wait for five hours to talk to Ryan Reynolds, yeah. and you're like, don't fuck this up, otherwise John and Ben never get to leave the theater. That's it, yeah. Fuck, it is high stakes. I would be sweating if I was you. Oh, yeah. And especially when you have to rely on technology that you've just Purchased. figured out that day. Yeah. Fucking stressful. Yeah. And like, the, the dudes in front of me are, like, going in with props and gadgets and just being, like, just the worst dudes. Yeah. And then I'm going in with a fucking laptop that I don't know if it's going to work. My leg's on fire. Um, <laughs> it's burning a hole. Everyone, or the whole crew are Korean. They speak no English. Yeah. They don't, even, they don't even look at you. They don't um, acknowledge you're alive. Yeah, they usher you in. You sat down. And then just the Korean dude in the corner taps his watch, and that's it, go time. Yeah. You have to quickly go. So I have to tell Ryan what's happening. John and Ben are on my screen, but I've blacked out the screen, so he doesn't know that they're. I'm like, so I turn up and go, hey, Ryan, I'm from um, New Zealand. Uh, I come from a show called John and Ben. John and Ben are two hosts who've trapped themselves in a movie theater <laughs> watching Deadpool 2 trailer. Fuck, that's convoluted. And they're not, com they're not coming out until you say it's okay. Mm. Are you okay to say that to them now? I've got them here. They're gonna, I'm going to connect to you right now. And the first thing he says is like, nah, let's just leave them in there. I don't, I don't care. <laughs> I'm like, no. <laughs> 
fuck. He's, he's doing a gag though, eh? Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, and all this time you were seduced by how beautiful he is. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Just a lovely dude. Like, he definitely commands the room and he's... Every he's big celebrity, nice especially American ones, they have charmed you with their goodness. However, they always have an assistant yeah. or a producer who's an asshole. Yeah. And they... When they don't like what they're doing, they talk to that person. That yeah. person is an asshole. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, okay. And uh, was it a success? Yeah, nailed it. Everything went fucking good. Fuck. Um, so yeah, I, I awkwardly like handed him my laptop, unblocked the screen, and then John and Ben like, whoa, it's Ryan Reynolds. Here we go. Hey, Ryan. Yeah. Pleasure meeting you. Yeah. And then I just awkwardly sat in the room for four minutes. Yeah. Just hoping, like having the, the Wi-Fi burning my leg and just hoping it doesn't drop out. Yeah, and it didn't. And it fucking... Fuck. I think it's like one of John and Ben's most successful videos. It was, it was a legendary... I remember I was back there. I didn't go into the um, studio with him, but I remember that day and we got yeah. Ryan Reynolds. And the, you, I, I didn't realise you were such a key part of that mission. That's fucking yeah. amazing. It was cool. It was a... So Bronwyn, our producer, boss, came in... It was like a Monday, I think. And she's, the, she's still the producer of New Zealand Today, isn't yeah. well. um, Legend in the industry. It was Monday. She turned up and was like, hey, we need someone to go to Korea. Matt, do you want to do it? I was like... Uh, yes. <laughs> yes, please. Uh, she's like, cool, the flight leaves now. What? So I was like, fuck yeah, awesome, I'm gone. What? Bounce, it was that quick. So you were, you just turned to work for a normal day. Yeah. What time of day was it? I don't know, just normal work time. Get in the car, did you have a time to pack? Well, I don't, I don't really pack that much. I used to walk to work. I was very, I live very close, just yeah. down the road. Yeah. Um. So yeah, went home, packed, and then taxied to the airport. Done. To Korea. Job done, yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, it wasn't job done because you had to get a router. Oh, yeah. no, I just want to get to the end of the story. You had $200 and $200 to spend on two more days. And you've just spent the whole day with Ryan Reynolds buying the router and stuff. Mm -hmm. And you can't spend the $200 on the router. Mm -mm. So what are you going to spend that $200 on this next day? The last day or the second day? Second day. We're still on the Ryan Reynolds yeah, day. Yeah, so second day, Ryan Reynolds does his thing. It's a massive day. It's like a 10-hour day of just stressing in a room. Waiting for all these junket people to go through. Oh, they made it, you wait for 10 yeah, hours. Yeah. What? Yeah, it was fucked. It was, and it was just the most stressful time of my life. So it almost wasn't, you almost wish you didn't go to Korea. Especially the anxiety uh, of spending the first day. Was, the first day was pretty sick with the raccoons and that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah. The, 10 hours know, waiting yeah. for a four minute live stream yeah. with Ryan Reynolds is brutal. Yeah. But John and Ben, I bet when they came home, they kissed your ass because they were like, thank you for saving us. There wasn't really that culture at John and Ben. You know, everyone was kind of. No one thanks you. No, but no one needed to. Everyone did their bit. <laughs> <laughs> did I um, thank you for the segments you worked on for New Zealand Today? When we first started it? Yeah. Probably not. No, I, don't, I mean, but you didn't have to, right? Because it was like, it felt like a, a team thing. Yeah. You, oh, you'd thank me when we used to work on like guy time and, and things like that. Because it was so shit. That was fine. No, it was, it was, it was a good time. Okay, we, we, you're still staying off topic. $200 second day, Ron Reels Day. You're out, you're out of the 10 yeah. hour day. You've got... Now just a couple of hours to yeah. spend it. At the end of the day, everyone's exhausted and happy. The local Korean Fox representative girls uh, celebrate with us and they take us out for dinner on them. Fuck. Like, Fuck, I can't spend my money. <laughs> um, so it, and it gets super late. You've still spent zero dollars. I've spent zero dollars that and day. And you have to spend it on the hotel premises, is that the rule? No, it's like there's... So I've spent it in the bar next door. Like there's certain areas that they Yeah, but that's, they'll be owned by the hotel. Yeah, so it's, yeah. Yeah, it's hotel adjacent businesses yeah. or all, all that kind of thing. So yeah. yeah, so I go back home. Do you even know what your options are? Like is there a gift shop? Is there a... I know? looked through all of the stuff to spend it on. So I think it is like it is like kind of a gesture that no one can spend this much money. <laughs> you know, like give it to them because they'll never be able to spend so it. So you're, you're back from dinner. What time is it now at night? I don't know, like 10. I so guess. you've still got $200. You've got yeah. two hours to spend it. Yeah. What are you spending it on? 
I had one crayfish and then went another crayfish, <laughs> another cray. So seventy five dollars. You should yeah. have at least got. Why don't you order twelve beers and say no, not twelve because <laughs> a ton of alcohol yeah. and say don't take the lid off and then take it back to New Zealand or something. Yeah, I don't know because when I was talking to my it's other a six friends, star hotel. You could probably go, hey, get me go go out there yeah. and get me like um, a pet monkey, and they'll probably have to go do it. I started getting a little bit worried, I guess, about abusing the system. Yeah, how generous they've been. Yeah. And just like Ryan Reynolds I, comes here every day. How I much are you spending? To, yeah, I talked to everyone else on the day who was also giving that much money, and they're like, "Yeah, man, I'm just not. I'm not able to spend it at all. I spent like thirty dollars yesterday, and I feel real bad about that." Um, and I was like, "Fuck! I spent like all of it. <laughs> what are we gonna do?" Last day, two hundred dollars. I got high hopes for you, man. Mm, I can't even remember what I did. No. Well, because yeah. So the last day, we you should have for a joke. You should have said four crayfish. <laughs> No, because I didn't actually like the crayfish. Fucking hell. And I, yeah, I was feeling bad. What is wrong with you? There was other things on the menu. You could yeah, have got like, what about this? Get every, buy every dessert on the menu because they could be pretty good. And here yeah. you have creme brulee, chocolate sundae. And it, like, you, it's like your dream from like um, Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I, sometimes I can be quite a good boy, I think, like a goody good. Yeah. Especially um, when the universe has granted me such uh, an opportunity or like such a great time. Yeah. Then I feel like I shouldn't exploit it. Or, you know, like, yeah. do you ever get that? Uh, I, I don't think I've ever been in a position like this, but I definitely, when I've been on junkets, I've definitely exploited it in terms <laughs> of I haven't gone to the movie. <laughs> yeah. But they're so dog shit. Yeah, they are. And when you do see them, it fucks with you. I remember I had a film, I'm not going to say what it was, but you go into the room, they often hire a cinema as just you in it. Yeah. And you go there and like Auckland... In the middle of the day, me, the only person in 200 seats, and I watched this film, and I came back, I probably said to you, I was like, I just saw a hilarious film. Because <laughs> only me in this huge theatre, and I went mentally insane, I was like, yeah. this is the best film I've ever seen. Yeah. And then yeah. Um, it came out and everyone hated it, and yeah. I was the only person who liked it, and it was just because they gaslit me in a chamber. I reckon they put like some sort of drugs into the ventilation that made me I've like it more. I've heard that conspiracy, or like extra oxygen, or you know that kind of thing. It's cool you got three days as well because I remember Laura Daniel having stories where she'd fly there, yeah. get off the plane, do an interview, get yeah. back on the plane and fly back. And it's like, how long's the flight? Like 12 hours? Probably yeah, longer. Yeah, quite, quite long because you have to go through Hong Kong. So it's like 10 to Hong Kong and then two to Korea. Yeah. All right. Well, so on the last day, you didn't even spend the $200. Great times, no. As a narrative storyteller, could you have potentially told me that before I built everything towards that last day and I was looking forward to seeing you like, you like ordered yourself five birthday cakes or something like that? There just wasn't that... That much good stuff on the menu. <laughs> this was like I don't drink wine. That was expensive. I could have bought a bottle of wine. Yeah, and just tell them don't take the lid off, and they would be like, "Oh, it must be for a sex thing," and then yeah. like leave the wine bottle on. Anyway. Oh, that was the other weird thing in the menu thing. So when I opened it up, a mm. flyer fell out, and it was an escort service. I would I will say there's a very brief, a fleeting moment. What are you saying there? <laughs> there what a, are you saying? There was a fleeting moment where I was like. What? Does this count? Yeah, I've got a... You can't be the guy who calls and go, hey guys, about the $200 credit. Can I please spend that on sex, please? I would love that. Well, because I've never considered it before, ever. Yeah. Never paying for sex. Hey, sex work? Mm. Love it. Love that people can do it. Not for me. But when you're in a six-star hotel... Oh, yeah. You're, you're like, what, what's up. a six-star... S- I've just like been hanging out like. in my own personal sauna. I'm feeling fresh. And I'm... I'm well, wait, do you watch. have a personal sauna in your hotel room? Yeah. Tell me just a few. This other, is amazing. Okay, because I must say you haven't really taken the story home strong. So I'm like, let's just finish with a few little flourishes. So tell me a few more features of the room. Do they have electric curtains and shit like that? Yep, all that. Oh, so it had like a weird. Um, it was like a, a mini little pool, kind of like a, a plunge pool. Yeah. But in the middle of it was like a, a metal chair. Hmm. It's very very weird. Um, it took me a while to figure it out. 
So you sit in the chair and you're submerged. Cold or warm water? Uh, it was warm. Pre-filled. Pre-filled. So I sat in the chair and then there's buttons on the handle and you press it and it's like a, I don't know, like a jet jet situation. Like a robotic penis comes out <laughs> and it penetrates I mean, oh, your yeah, asshole. I was, I was definitely worried about that, but that was quite an experience. Because, <laughs> you know, normally you Definitely that was one of my top concerns. <laughs> normally you sit in a spa and you sit on the edge and then jets come out. Yeah. But this is, the chair is in the middle submerged yeah. and it's like a metal recliner situation. Yeah. Um, armrests. Almost like... Um, the Matrix or, or that kind of thing where like yeah. you're kind of submerged in like goo on this metal chair <laughs> and you're pressing the buttons on your keypad. Yeah. Um, different jets happen. Sick. Music, like, unbelievable. Yeah. So this is how the rich people live. They have saunas in their hotel rooms yeah. and they have metal chairs where you can be sexually stimulated yeah. by the amazing water pressure jets. Yeah. And when you were waiting 10 hours for Ryan Reynolds, were you just in like a lounge or something like that? Yeah, it was in like a horrific little room. But the, was that honestly one of the, la- the worst 10 hours of your life? Just because of the stress yeah. of everything's riding on this. Psychological. I've already spent fucking heaps of money on crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I had to repay it. That yeah. was the worry. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I genuinely enjoyed that story, so thanks yeah, for sharing. Yeah, I, I definitely recommend Seoul yeah. as a destination. Well, <laughs> okay, tell me three good things you can do in Seoul. Raccoons. <laughs> Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the um, buskers are really cool. Very like, cool. really talented. Yeah, like, it's K-pop. Cheers for listening, mates. Sincerely appreciate it. Thank you to Matt for sharing his amazing adventures. And um, yeah, we've got a we've got another episode out this week, and then next week is our final episode. So thanks for supporting the podcast. Love you all. And if you're in Auckland, Wellington, or a lot of places in New Zealand, uh, Australia, sorry, um, please come along to my tour. Um, see you soon. Cheers for tuning in. If you enjoyed this production, please tell your mates and spread the good word. And if you haven't already, subscribe to the New Zealand Today podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, all at the same time, really get our numbers up. The New Zealand Today podcast is a production of Freddy Boy Podcasts. That's a podcast brand we made up for season one, and now we're on season two, and it's still literally the only podcast on the label. It was edited by Zane Dionysus Carney. That's such a good name. It features Matt, the Cookie Man Cook, and it was made with the help of the icons at New Zealand On Air. It's like a country calendar episode or a Nisian mystic music video. 